This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Megan on from Jumio, and we've got a wonderful topic to explore. It's forget culture fit, hire for culture ad. So can't wait to talk to Megan about this. Megan, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Jumio? Yes, thanks, William. I'm excited to to be here with you today. I'm Megan Barbier. I lead the people and culture function at Jumio, where our mission is to make the digital landscape a safer place by protecting business ecosystems through end-to-end identity verification, transaction monitoring, and case management. Of particular interest to me, our people and culture team at Jumio is focused on delivering an excellent employee experience by attracting our top talent, engaging people, and then enabling them to do career-defining work. We make it look easy. Uh, It's not, but it sure is fun. So, first of all, wonderful introduction, Uh, (laughs) B. so we we've talked about culture fit for a long time now. We won't we won't say the number of years because that, that would date us. But we've talked about culture fit, and we've had some pros and cons discussions, uh, you know, on culture fit. I remember doing a podcast uh, a long time ago where I talked positively about culture fit, and then I've also done one where I've talked negatively about culture fit and the biases that kind of come with it, etc. Um, so take us into your journey. As, as a practitioner and living this, you know, day to day, where did you start with culture fit and, and where, you know, and then we'll get, and then we'll get into culture ad, but where, where did you kind of, where did you learn about culture fit? What were your initial thoughts? Like take us through your personal experience with culture fit. Sure. So I, I think the idea of culture fit, you know, initially started, I think it's been with me throughout my whole career. And I do like the genesis of it, right? I think the fact that uh, organizations and, and hiring professionals think about culture when they're hiring at all is a wonderful thing. I think we have come so far as, as, a, as a species and as a, um, as, and as a planet that that idea of fit really is outdated. And, and I base that on to approach talent with that mindset of fit implies that we have a static state that's already perfect. And I couldn't disagree more. I I think the culture of an organization is dynamic. It is a living organism. It is breathing. It's expanding. It's contracting. And if you come at talent, whether you're acquiring it or building it, um, if you come at talent from a fit, you're really robbing your organization of the opportunity to improve and evolve and amplify the culture. You also could be locking yourself into things that really won't serve your company. Um, you're inhibiting your ability to adapt. I think at its worst, you know, with with now we have such a broader concept and we talk much more intentionally about what diversity means. If you are targeting growth by mapping to a culture fit at its worst, you can actually be repeating bad practices. You could be justifying prejudice. Mm -hmm. So I believe now we're challenged really to abandon that concept of culture fit in favor of the concept of culture ad. And if you do this, you'll see our companies now are benefiting from a growth mindset. You're opening possibilities for continuous improvement. 
you're encouraging diversity and creativity. And I'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that, but, but that's really the basis on how I look at these two differences. The fact that we factor in culture at all, I think is a beautiful and a wonderful direction that as a society, we should keep going down. I think as a business now, we're called to a higher action and, and even getting into areas that are uncomfortable um, mm -hmm. in the spirit of getting better. And I think that's a, that's a really great thing. So I, I came to uh, a realization with culture fit as uh, you know, as you kind of uh, talked a little bit about is it, this is also culture fit was used as a mechanism to keep people out for a long time. And, and I'll say it like this as, as you know, a white male middle age um, kind of, if I can't have beer, if I can't have a beer with a person, if I can't, I can't see myself having coffee with a person, and eh, it's not culture. They're not a culture fit. Well, that was just code. Now I know that. At the time, I didn't. But at the and now, I know that that was just code. I wanted to be around people like me, and and that's what we called culture fit. And it was a way to exclude people. And 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 as a society thankfully a uh, hundred years late uh, but but thankfully we're at a different place now when people think about culture they're thinking about it in a different way much more to your point they're looking about culture is from an inclusion perspective not an exclusion perspective not the old boys network but actually looking at it and saying how do we actually make ourselves better and you know i've you know i've made the mistake so you know i can i can i can <laughs> I can actually talk openly about like, okay, now, you know, I got it. I, you know, I did, I made this mistake. Um, what do you think culture is today? I mean, with, with, and I'll preface this by saying a lot of folks pre COVID would have probably said if unprompted, they would have probably said culture is the stuff at the office around the office where we go to ball games, we have a softball league, you know, we have massage tables, you know, catered lunches, whatever the bit is, but it's the box. That's culture. I, I don't I don't think that that is culture or was culture, but that's kind of what most people would have probably thought it was. So your kind of your journey with culture uh, is, you know, in particular, like what you thought culture was before COVID and what you think culture is now. Yeah, and it's such a fascinating time to think about this question too. Interestingly, I would say my my uh, the way I talk about culture and the way I think about it uh, hasn't changed in 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 that respect. And and what I mean by that is, the culture is is the ethos, and it is built on our everyday actions. It stems from beliefs uh, that manifest in actions, but it's not a philosophy, and it's not a foosball table, and it's not lunch in the office. It's how we behave, how we interact, and how we treat each other. Uh, it's it's reflected in what values and what actions do we reward, do we encourage, or do we penalize? And I think that now it looks very different because by and large, many of us are in this predominantly two-dimensional interaction stage via Zoom or via conference call. Uh, that that in-office experience has really taken an element out or maybe change the components of the culture, but it's still based on our actions and interactions with each other as colleagues and, and even outside of our organization, vendors, candidates, uh, people that are that are potential customers. So I think in those ways, it's similar. 
I wanted to go back to something you said, though, and I think it's something that is really important for us to talk about as as people, as professionals, and as a society. Uh, in in what you refer to as the old boy network, and a way of of building culture based on exclusivity, and how that script is really flipped. It is now, yep. now now much more about inclusivity, and I think that's a challenge, right? It is human nature. We like things that are like us. There is an extensive body of science about unconscious bias. And um, and I think this is a really good thing to talk about when we think about culture ad, because at the core of this, these unconscious biases, they're, they're part of how our brain works. It served our ancestors well. And now I think we're, we're becoming much more understanding as, as humans to see, well, this can actually negatively impact our judgment. It can impact our ability to break, embrace something new or something different. And it potentially impacts the success of our organization. So really learning how to manage these biases and, and acknowledging them, talking about them, not just in recruiting, but in, in how we interact with each other um, is going to be critical to adopting that culture ad mindset. Uh, because there's a healthy element of get comfortable being uncomfortable. You may be making a hire that, you know, again, five years ago, you thought might be risky. If we redefine what that risk is, uh, it can open doors. It can, it can let you look at candidates. You can access talent pools that you might have excluded before because they didn't, you know, with, with my air quotes here, fit a culture. So let's go, uh, first of all, thank you. Um, second, let's take us, take, take the audience into culture ad and let's, let's really start to unpack some examples of when we think of, because I think people have some, you know, definition of culture fit or at least a reference point. Um, but I don't think they have as much of a reference point around culture ad. So let's let's work on that with uh, with them. So, what are some of the examples that you've seen, or that you know that you've actually implemented yourself? What, what, what do you see when you say culture ad? What does it mean? Yeah, I think you had an excellent example yourself where uh, when we think about uh, adding talent into the workforce, and I'll I'll take it from a pure external candidate coming in on a recruiting experience. There's a set, uh, there's a process to, to vet candidates into what will make a successful hire and how we define that. I think in, in, in years past or, you know, in, in a culture where you're looking at culture fit, you're looking to replicate. You're taking a look to say what, uh, what's compliant, what fits in with what we do, who would I want to interact with and go have a beer with or go have coffee with. If you were to change that lens and put it in under the, the, the scope of culture ad, you're looking to say, well, what kind of disruption can I tolerate? What fresh perspective could this individual bring to the table? In what ways are they like me? And in what ways are they unlike me? Um, and so I think it's, a, it's, it's nuanced, it's different. And I think it could be different based on the role or based on the level. But I think from somebody that looks very different, that's one piece. We have gender, we have ethnicity. There's no shortage of, of ways that we can look at, at diversity. I think in culture ad, a very important element is, is also, it is not a, a, a check the box. It is not an affirmative action target. It's actually, how does this perspective differ from mine? How can this expand my thinking how can this person maybe approach something we're doing with a new energy or a new idea that doesn't exist in the organization? And so those are the ways that I'm thinking more of the innovation and the, the creative roles that you could see that very easily. And it's I think it's a stretch. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, uh, sorry to interrupt. It, years ago, I remember going to uh, a venture capital firm 
going to the webpage and, uh, and then looking at it and it was all basically people like me. So all middle-aged white guys. Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, on one level, this must be very easy to work here because like they all went to the same school. They all, they all, they all, you know, go to the same golf uh, uh, events. They all have the same hobbies. Like this has got to be really, really, really easy because there's no friction. Like, you know, I mean, there's probably politics and stuff. I'll put that stuff because that's everywhere, but, but like, it's, it's gotta be easy. How do how do you innovate? So then I really really started playing with this idea that the, the idea is you create you're purposely trying to create friction or conflict conflict not in a bad way but conflict in that you're going to have different ideas and those you know the meritocracy idea of the best idea wins you, you can't do that with people that all have that look the same or the, that are the same. And define that as you wish. I, I did. I did it with, uh, you know, race and and gender. But but basically, you could define that any way you want to. You're you're talking about and and correct me if I'm wrong. When you're talking about culture ad, you're actually purposely thinking about friction and conflict. Might be too heavy of a word. Might be might be, might be too loaded. But but the idea is, you you're actually this is you're now in the lab. You want to create because that's where you're going to get innovation is you're going to have discussions with people that are like you that see it from a different perspective that can then bring new ideas to you that you wouldn't have had. Am I nibbling around the edges? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think friction is a, is a good word. I, I would even go so far as to say in some cases, it's, it's what I call healthy disruption. Mm. Uh, can you throw this into the mix and, and can somebody challenge the status quo in a, in a constructive way. Um, and it goes back again, you know, we can, we can talk about this at, at length as well, but the idea of, you know, understanding those core values is really that first step. If you're going to embrace that culture ad piece, those core values, that's your North star. And so it becomes less about what school did the person attend? Do they have eight years versus five years of experience? Those things matter maybe on some level, but truly it's, can they operate and execute in a way that makes us better? Can they operate and execute in a way that's in line with our values as an organization? And, and those are going to vary depending on, you know, what, what each company or what businesses would prioritize. But going back to that, that's how you create that ad feature. And I do think, I think friction is a great way to describe it. I, again, I say healthy disruption, um, but, but truly, I mean, diverse teams are more successful, period. Right. They are more agile. It's because they're better to recognize and capitalize on opportunity and to navigate gray space. It, you know, in, 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 a, in a fear factor kind of way, if you're unable to do any of these, you're going to struggle either as an individual, a team or a company to be competitive. And so it really does serve us to challenge ourselves to say, let me think about instead of replicating this success in a comfortable way, I'm going to go pull from the same a candidate profile that I always have. I'm going to go fishing in the same pool of talent that I always have. It's a chance to come back and say, well, what, what do we really value? And what are, let's be honest, what are the gaps in our culture that, that we would want to fill? And then figuring out how do I seek those out in my candidate process, whether it's my sourcing or my vetting, or, you know, once we land great talent, you know, what are we thinking about after day one to foster that environment where those perspectives are, are encouraged and heard? 
all of that ties in. I think that, uh, you know, the, the culture fit versus culture ad, it's, it, it, there's a big sweater there. These yarns are not separate. And so how do you get the ROI out of a culture ad mindset? You're thinking about things across the whole candidate experience. I love that. So how do you prep or do you probably has uh, not to be assumptive, uh, your team that, you know, we've operated uh, for again, 150 years with the same kind of model. Um, how do you get them to kind of embrace, okay, <laughs> you know, this, this, you know, healthy friction, uh, is good for us. We all, we all know that, that the diversity of an organization leads to success. Like we all, we have read all the same articles. Like we all know that yet we, there are some behaviors that we're, that, that are still pretty entrenched in talent acquisition and in HR, so how do you get your team to, to really embrace culture ad? I, I think you hit on a really important point that, that's essential. It, it, this cannot live and, and die with your recruiting or your talent acquisition <laughs> teams. This has to be rolled out through the organization and it has to go through your leaders, your, your interview panelists, your hiring managers. It, it has to be mobilized in the team. And I think there's a couple really great things that work in our favor now as leaders that may want to look at really deepening that focus on culture ad. And one of them is this is a crazy, crazy talent market. It is hard to, to land talent. Even the best companies struggle with this. And so one of the great things that a culture ad affords in, in you know compared to a, a culture fit is you remove some of your own hurdles you get out of your own way where before we were really fixated perhaps on one certain criteria we were looking to really replicate success you can blow the doors off all of that and you can go back and revisit what does it mean to have your nice to haves and your need to haves in your candidate profile you could literally detonate that and rebuild it and base it on well, what would it take to to make us an excellent model of of one of our core values what skills do we need and so i think it can open up some of these blockers that we put in our way when we try to go for fit so on that side, it's really enticing when you think about hiring managers that may be struggling to fill roles, uh, that may be restricting themselves to unicorn hunting in this really finite talent pool. Uh, you, you can actually permission to say, I actually don't care if they have eight years of experience or 20 years of experience. I actually care that they can model and we can vet these qualities out from a values perspective um, in the interview process. So I think it opens the aperture on that side. I think so the other Oh, yeah. okay. No, no, no. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Uh, and I was going to say, again, going back to, you know, it's okay uh, that, that we have unconscious bias that we have to navigate instead of pretending it doesn't exist or ignoring it, really trying to manage that. And again, going back to, you know, I think it's, it's not uncommon uh, for individuals that are part of assessing talent to say, yeah, can I sit down and engage with them? Do I want to spend time with this person outside of work? If I don't align with them, they must not be a good fit to my team. Really trying to change that mindset and say, well, wait a minute. Maybe maybe you're changing the script. Maybe you're changing the story on what's important. And I think that it, it does. It, this cannot succeed if it's left to talent to change the, the focus. It, it really needs to be rolled out through, through the entire org. Um, and then a quick final point on this one, because this one is very near and dear to my heart. I, I think sometimes referral programs uh, can get really confused in that shift from culture fit to culture ad. Mm -hmm. In some ways, they're literally, the, the, the definition is replicating that success. And I think they're a really excellent tool if you're smart about how to apply them. They can be the single greatest factor in some ways in getting that culture 
add uh, motion spun up. And it's something that, you know, for, for, for us and our team, we're very clear about. We don't ask what roles do we have open? We don't even ask who do you know who's looking for a job? We're very clear and we're very aggressive in asking who do you know who would be a great addition to our team? We want to engage with them. We want to be talking to them. And we've actually benefited from this motion. Even over this past year, we've hired a very healthy chunk of individuals uh, that weren't under an open rec that we came about uh, very opportunistically and said, well, wait a minute, this doesn't fit any of the criteria we had. However, we were very clear on what our values were. We were clear on our priorities and realized these individuals can really help us accelerate on these fronts when it comes to values values-based behaviors. Let's get them in. We have a space for them. Let's create that. I love that. Because I was going to ask you about employee referrals. Birds of a feather, you know, flock together. Are we, are we, are we, you know, but you've, you've nailed it, nailed it. Um, with culture ad, is it a, is a, is it a relentless, a relentless pursuit? Like do, do we ever actually get there? I like to think no. And I like to think that in a positive way. I think that's a moving horizon. I think there's always this opportunity to continue to be better, to continue to adjust and adapt and raise the bar. I also think organizations, even in the most stable environments, aren't static. And so I don't think you ever get there. I think the way that you move through it changes. And I think that uh, the, the ability and the resources you have towards making that a focus change. But I don't think you ever satisfactorily say that we have added to our culture and we are done. I think what success looks like is we have a really solid practice of constantly challenging ourselves. We have a solid way of identifying areas to keep improving our culture. And that I think you can get to. Uh, but I think as culture, again, it, it, it's, it just doesn't stay in one place. And so to keep getting better, you, you have to keep moving and growing with it. Love it. Last question, and it's kind of a dumb question alert. Is there is there a way to measure? I mean, I, I'm sure you get to ask this question, uh, and you probably ask this question of yourself. Is there a way to measure, or to or should we? Let's not be assumptive. Should we be measuring culture ad? If so, how do you do it? Yeah, no dumb questions. I, I think that's a it's a it's a brilliant way to be thinking about it. And I I firmly believe what get what what gets measured gets managed. So I think it's a healthy a healthy approach. You know, I think the honest answer is really what's the perception of your employees. You know, if I'm sitting from an HR profession and I'm looking saying we're doing all these great things, let's high five, let's call it a day. At the end of the day, if my team and my employees don't have that same perception, we're not doing it. So I think that that would be the guidepost that, that, that I would hold to around what is the perception of the team? What are they experiencing as part of their uh, as part of their employment or part of their journey with your company? And maybe it's around your values. Maybe you pick you know, a handful of core things you want to measure and you'd want to benchmark and then mark improvement against it. I would rely very heavily on what is the perception of your employee, because at the end of the day, if they don't feel included or if they don't feel that we're advancing on values that we hold and, and that we talk about as a company, then we have work to do. That's how I'd approach it. Oh, such a fantastic, we could talk for hours, such <laughs> a fantastic uh, topic. Thank you so much for carving out time for us. Thank you, William. It's been a pleasure to, to chat with you and I'm very, uh, very eager to continue the discussion and hope your leader or your listeners and your leaders here today also get some value from this. Oh, they will. I did. 
So <laughs> and no, selfishly, I did. I did. Uh, but thank you again. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.